Welcome to the kickoff for Summer Night. Per tradition, XL Youth, I said, Hey, yo! Ah, that was good. Let's do it again. Hey, yo! That was worse. That was worse. Well, listen, I'm so glad you guys are here. If you wore a Hawaiian shirt, can I just say thank you for wearing a Hawaiian shirt? If you wore a Hawaiian shirt, again, make sure you give that back to your dad because it's probably not yours. Who that is wearing a Hawaiian shirt right now, it's actually yours. It's yours. If you're wearing a Hawaiian shirt, that's yours. I love that. I love that. Yours is really cool. It's like you got it at a Sox game. That's so dope. Go Cubs. All right. <laughs> Welcome to Summer Nights. I'm, I'm so glad you guys are here. If you missed last week, we're starting a summer-long series called Summer in the Psalms. Summer in the Psalms. I'm super excited about it. I truly believe that God wants to uh, disciple us, this ministry, you, specifically this summer, through the Psalms. If you don't know where the Psalms are, I've said this every week, and I'm going to prove it to you right now. Here we go. Just take your Bible, put your thumb straight up in the middle of it, and it's going to be it. Look, at Psalm 119. Boom. Works every time. If it doesn't work, well, you just didn't do it right. You didn't do it right. So we're going to be in the Psalms, and we're going to break that down just here in a bit. But let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for this youth ministry. Uh, in my opinion, it's the greatest youth ministry in Chicago, in the Chicagoland area, and in the state of Illinois. And if anybody disagrees, well, they're wrong. So bless us, Lord. This is your word, not mine. So don't allow me to preach in any way that you didn't intend it. God, speak to us tonight. In Jesus' name, everyone says. All right, turn to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. Turn to it. Turn to it. Turn to it. As you're turning to it, I want to give you a breakdown. Say, break it down. Say, break it down now. I'm going to just give you a little, little snippet of the book that we know of Psalms. Now, like many of you, some of us, when we start off in our faith, we have no idea what any of the books of the Bibles are or why they're called certain things or why they're placed in certain areas. I don't know. I think they put Psalms in the middle of the Bible because it's just easier to find. And it's something that you and I can have access to all the time. That's just me. But I want to give you a breakdown for the Psalms. Can I do that real quick? And then we're going to read it. Can I do it? All right, here we go. So where do the Psalms fit in the Bible? In order for us to dive into these famous Psalms that we're going to be uh, learning about and, and being taught through the whole summer, I have to tell you what the Psalms are, what it is. So this is going to really set us up for the rest of the summer. So where does Psalm fit in the Bible? Psalms fit in the Bible. Psalms is a book found in the Old Testament. Say Old Testament. That's important to know. Because there's two, two seasons of the Bible. If we're talking Netflix, all right, there's season one, the Old Testament, and there's season two, somebody say what it is, the New Testament, right? Both seasons are great. I highly recommend you diving into both seasons. It's a great show, I promise. It's actually kind of crazy. It's classified as one of those writings for the Old Testament. Say Old Testament. Psalms is Israel's hymnal. So the people of Israel, God's chosen people, God's, God's chosen people, this is their songbook. This is their Spotify playlist, okay? They've got prayers. They've got uh, podcasts. They've got songs. They've got all that. This is it. So how can I break Psalms down to somehow, you know, some way you can understand? This is a playlist. This is for us to listen to the prayers and the worship of God and all those things. And so that's what the Psalms are. It's a hymnal. It is a book of music, of songs, of poems, of writings. It's a collection of poems and worship songs from throughout Israel's history. So this is gathered from a long period of time. And there are songs that refer to even the times of Moses, 
to the time of the judges, to kings, and even to the exile of God's people. Let me break it down even more. So break it down. The book of Psalms is divided into five books. Say five books. Stay with me. I know it seems like school, but we're going to get to the preaching here in a second. It's, it's divided into five books. Say five books. So how many books is the psalm divided into? Okay, so now you know. There you go. Gold star. We don't know when they, why they were divided in this way, but they just were, okay? Uh, you can chalk it up to the Holy Spirit and the discernment of those that were compiling these hymnals. But let's check it out. There's five books, and I want you to see. Go ahead. Throw it up on the screen. You see this. Psalms breakdown. So book one in season one, right, right, is this, chapters 1 through 41. So you're like, how do I read the Psalms? Well, each Psalm is part of a book. So book one in Psalms is chapter 1 through 41. Book two, 42 through 72, and go, you go on, so on, so forth. There's 150 Psalms. Say, wow. There's 100, that's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, I pride myself in saying I have read all 150 of them, and it's a lot. Some psalms are like six verses. Some are like more than six verses. Uh, That writer had a lot to say. So it's important to know as we read the psalms and as we become better disciples to know that it's just not random chapters or random verses, but there are genres that are found within these psalms. So who wrote the psalms? How about this? You're not going to see this on the screen. This is more of a fun fact that I really enjoyed. So David, we know David to be a famous songwriter, right? A famous psalm writer. David is listed as the author of 73 psalms. That's a lot, right? So we can say he's pretty much the guy. Right? A man named Asaph wrote 12. The sons of Korah composed 11 psalms. Other psalms were written by Solomon, Heman the Ezraite, Ethan the Ezraite, and even Moses. Moses wrote one. I love Moses. Good old Mo. He wrote Psalm 90. But many are anonymous. So some of the ones that we don't know are kind of just people, you know, one of those ghostwriters for Kanye West, you know? It's one of those, one of Taylor Swift's ghostwriters, right? So they, we, we've got ghostwriters in the Bible. They're just anonymous. So we don't know. Many people think Ezra or some other Jewish leader compiled some of the Psalms into their existing order during the period uh, of the exile. That's Neither here or there for your information. Just more fun facts. Uh, The purpose of the Psalms. What really is the purpose of Psalms? It's important to know this because if you just read the Bible just to read it and it's you're just checking it off your list, then you're you're not getting uh, the full power and the full effect of God's word. It's important to know what the purpose is of each book that you're reading. And so the purpose of Psalms is to remind us that worship is at the center of everything. Worship is at the center of everything. So you and I, we've talked about this a year ago, are created to worship. Whether or not we are worshiping God is the question, but we are worshiping something. We are worshiping something. Whether it is a sin, or whether it's a hobby, or whether it's something that's not God, we're worshiping something. The Psalms reminds us that worship is at the center of everything. Many people like to talk about God in the third person, but the Psalms remind us that we can talk to God directly. So in your prayer life, what you see in the Psalms is we're learning how some of these champions of the faith talked not about God, but to him, but to him. That lets us know something, that we don't have to go to any saint. We don't have to go to any apostle, any prophet, any disciple, we have direct access to God through Jesus. We can talk directly to him, just as I am talking to you. Whether we're repenting, we're frustrated, confused, we're really upset, we want to say really not nice words, you can do that. In the Psalms, you see some of the most honest prayers you'll ever read. There's actually one called the Sad Psalm. It's a sad psalm for a reason. We're going to dive into that, so prepare for that week. But the sad psalm doesn't end happy. It's literally just that. And why would God put that in there? That's something that you and I are going to discover. But nonetheless, it is a dialogue with God. Okay, take a deep breath. Hold it. Are you ready to fail? Let it out. (laughs) Here we go. Y'all ready for Psalm 1? Y'all ready for Psalm 1? 
Okay, I'm just making sure I didn't lose you, all right, because it was a lot. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. Come on, can you stand tonight? Can you stand? And if you don't have your Bible tonight, I've got a Bible for you if you need one. But let's go ahead and read it. Go ahead, show it on the Sky Bible. Here we go. Stay with me here. Psalm chapter 1, book 1, season 1. Here we go. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the ways of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruits in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in, in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Lord, thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, everyone says, all right, have a seat, have a seat, have a seat. Psalm 1 I just thought, since it's the first night, we got to kick it off with Psalm 1. We have to. It's only six verses. And we're going to break it up into two parts because there's a lot in this. Psalm 1 can be summarized by this. Listen to this. How can I just wrap what we just read in one sentence? A blessed life results from our choice to follow God's direction of life. A blessed life results from our choice to follow God's direction of life. Like, who doesn't want to be blessed? All right, that's weird. Rule number two is dumb, all right? Who doesn't want to be blessed? Like, if I had something for free right now, like if I had a, a pair of, like, uh, of the Spider-Verse Jordan 1s, and I was like, who wants these? Who can I bless? There's not a single person here that'd be like, not me, don't bless me, I don't want that. No, because somebody here is going to resell it, Okay. But we all want to be blessed. We just want to be blessed. Who doesn't want to be blessed? We all want to live a blessed life. God is giving us insight in this psalm of what it looks like to live a blessed life. What it looks like to live a blessed life and how you and I can just thrive in it. How we can pursue God by living a blessed life. This psalm puts it in clear writing. So, I'm going to give, this is a cheat code to living a blessed life. If you want to live a blessed life, this is a sermon you need to take notes on. So, all right, let's break down just the first two verses, say the first two. So I'm not going to lose any of y'all. If, you're, if a person next to you is falling asleep, you have my full permission to kick them in the shin. Kick them in the shin. It's going to hurt, but they'll thank you for it, all right? So let's read, let's read that first verse one more time. Let's read it one more time. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Pastor Vocap, I'm just playing. He's not with us tonight. He's not, I'm sorry. He's not with us. He's on vacation. He's got his own Hawaiian shirt. He's out doing something. But so it's up to me to figure out what exactly is going on here. So we pick up here in Psalm 1 with a description of what a blessed person, a blessed man doesn't do. But for the sake of us right now, a blessed person, because all the ladies in the house say, amen. I like that. I like that. So the description of a blessed man slash woman starts with the negative. So we kind of see something that he starts this verse off, the first two verses, giving us the negative. Though it might seem odd, it makes sense when you think about it. If you want to find the right path, right, to a blessed life, the first step is getting off the wrong one. So if you want to be on the right path to a blessed life, the first step is getting off the wrong path. So Psalm 1-1 starts by telling us three things, say three things, that a blessed person does not do. Did you catch it when you read it? If you didn't, Throw it up on the screen. The first three things that we see. So it says this. Walk in the counsel of the wicked. Stand in the path of sinners. Sit in the seat of scoffers. Okay. 
some of those, like, who knows what scoffers mean? I'll break it down for you here in a second. But when you first read this, you know something you shouldn't do, right? Like, you may not have Pastor Vocab's number, but you read Psalm 1, and you're like, he's telling me that a blessed person, a righteous person doesn't do something? I just don't know what a scoffer is, all right? So he gives us three things, three things that a blessed person does not do, okay? Roll with me here for a second. So what am I showing? Leave that up here for a second. So what am I showing you? I'm, re- I'm, I'm really passionate about this. I don't know if you can tell. This list describes ways people depart from God. So what we see here, and we're going to break it down individually, but ultimately what the psalmist is saying is here are three ways that people naturally want to depart from God with. People leave God. Leave relationship with God because of these three things. This is important. This is important to understand. Because what we're doing is we are uncovering the lies and tricks of the enemy. And so God is saying, hey, the the lies and tricks and the deceit of the enemy, it doesn't have to be a mystery to you. I can tell you how he does it. I can tell you three ways. This is God's three-point sermon for you right here. Three ways... That a blessed man doesn't do. Okay, here we go. It starts by saying this. The blessed rejects. The blessed rejects. So if you want to live a blessed life, if you want to be a blessed person, it starts by rejecting some things. Rejecting the things that you know, that you know are leading you down a path that you shouldn't be on. So how to live a blessed life is a, the blessed rejects. All right. You still with me? What are the three things that we can reject in Psalm 1? Throw it up on the screen. Right? Like that. So rejecting bad ideas. So when we see, sorry, the next slide. Bum. So I'm breaking down that slide for you, okay? I'm breaking down this verse. When this says counsel of the wicked, you're like, counsel? What does that even mean? Wicked, what does that even mean? It means you are rejecting bad ideas. Bad ideas from people with bad intentions. How many of you got friends like that that just has really bad ideas? Like, are you, y'all pointing? Right? You, you know, everybody has that person in their life, whether it's a family member or a friend at school or whatever, that their ideas are horrible. And you know they're going to get you in trouble, but they're so convincing that you do it anyway. My brother, my older brother, had a way with words, and he would convince my twin and I to do some of the dumbest things. He'd be like, yo, that bush is really tall. You should go and, like, jump head first in that. And I'd be like, why? He goes, because it'd be funny. And that would be enough for me. And I'd just be like, true story, true story. So let me talk about this. The counsel of the wicked refers to who are you listening to? So when you see, when you see, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, saying blessed is the person who doesn't listen to bad ideas. Ask yourself, who do you allow to have a voice in your life? Who do you allow to speak into your life? Now, I actually had this conversation. There was an, a, 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 well, not my mentor, but there was a mentor at a place that I was at that would try to speak into my life, but I didn't think there was a grace or a favor on it, and it was feeling a little forced and uncomfortable. I basically said, hey, I just don't let anybody speak into my life until I know the fruit of their labor, until I, until I know where they're at in their walk. Because, because really, like, Satan sounds and looks good and feels good. And so I, I just don't let anybody speak into my life just because they got a nice smile and they seem kind of educated. And so what I'm saying is, who are you allowing to have a voice in your life? The counsel of the wicked. Who do you consider as experts, mentors, and role models? Who are those people? So in, in the Influencer series, we talked about who are you following? Because who you are following 
is who you are giving access to to have a voice in your life. Now, they may not be speaking directly to you, but simply by following their posts, liking their posts, and digesting and thinking about all those things, you are allowing that person, that thing, that content to be a voice in your life. If it does not edify you, if it does not help you, encourage you, if it is not of God, then what you're doing is you're digesting and you're intaking poison. Counsel of the wicked equals poison. And some poisons work really fast, and some poisons work really slow. And you won't know it until you're choking on it. That's the counsel of the wicked. The voices you listen to, they shape the way you think. You're like, well, I just, it's just a funny page. I follow World Star just because, like, it's just funny. Some of y'all, do y'all know what World Star is? I don't know. I don't know if people know what World Star is. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. But like you, you follow these posts and you're like, it's just, it's just content. It's just funny. Like it's just whatever. But what you're allowing it to do is shape your mind. You're allowing it to shape your thought process. Ultimately, you're allowing it to lead you astray. Being blessed, blessedness begins with identifying the negative voices and learning to reject them. To leave them behind. But you have to be able to tell the difference between God's voice and their voice. It starts there. What are the negative voices in your life? Take inventory of who you're following and of who you're allowing to speak into your life. Some of you have a friend that their intentions are good. They care about you, but their advice to you during the breakup is not smart. Their advice to you in the breakup or the relationship problem or the drama at school or drama at home, it feels good because it's sin, because it's leading you astray. But their intentions, they just care, but they don't know any different. But you do. Now you do. Now you know the voices. Who are you listening to? Reject bad ideas. And the second one, it says the path of sinners. Look at number two. The path of sinners. So what does that mean in Psalm 1? Okay, it means rejecting bad actions. So now we know the voices that are negative that we should be rejecting, being like, hey, I just, I'm going to unfollow that. I'm going to reject that. Now it's actions. Because you know what's crazy is you can follow content and you can follow certain friends and you can stand and be strong, but, but the longer you go, you will find yourself talking, thinking, and acting just like them. And acting just like them. If you go and live in a country for quite some time, naturally you are going to pick up on a what? On an accent. On an accent. And you won't even know it until you go back home. So things, we're just, we're natural sponges. And so we just pick up on things. Especially Bad actions. So wrong thinking leads to wrong actions. If you listen to evil counsel, you will walk into evil paths. If you listen to bad ideas, you will ultimately be led to doing bad actions. The voices you listen to will ultimately become the people you follow. The people you follow. Then it goes on to this part. It says, the seat of scoffers. So blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the ways of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Say scoffers. That kind of sounds like a cookie that you get on an airplane. You know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, do you got any more scoffers? Like, am I just going to get this one biscoffer cookie? Like, am I just going to, am I just going to, this is all I get? But the word scoffer. So what do I mean? What does the Bible mean by that? Right? Go ahead. Number three, the seat of scoffers means rejecting bad company. And so you're like, okay, that's easy, Pastor Izzy. I'll unfollow those people. I'll unfollow those uh, influencers. I'll unfollow the voices that are not great. Um, uh, But it doesn't stop there because there's people that you're hanging around that you know, that you know, leading you down a path that you shouldn't be on. Now, this is where, like, youth pastors and students kind of come to crossroads because we're called to reach people, right? 
right? But we can be in the world, but not of it. Now, there are people in my, in my unit, there's people in my army unit down in the south side that some of the things they talk about, I feel like I got to take a shower every time I leave those guys. They're inviting me out. They're doing all these things. And I'm using godly wisdom. I'm saying, I just, I know who I am, and I know that I can't be around that without participating in it. I just can't. Part of that's knowing your limits and where you are. And so some of you are giving yourselves way too much credit, thinking you're stronger than you really are. And if you saw my Instagram reel today, I went on a run, and part of it was I just, I got overconfident. I missed my time by eight seconds running because I just, I was overconfident. Some of us are way too confident in our ability to withhold and withstand sin. But really the reality is, is you'll fold just like that. You will. You will. Now I'm not saying I won't ever talk to them. I won't ever minister to them. Actually, one of them called me today, right? Where's Emily? Right, Emily? Right? One of them called me today, watched the reel of me talking about Jesus and the Bible. And he like was like, hey, man, that was really cool. And so it works. There are ways to minister to people without walking the same path as them. If anything, your job is to show them there's another path. Show them another path. So rejecting bad company, this path starts with wrong thoughts. The next step is wrong behavior, which ultimately ends up in wrong community. You're in the wrong community. When you listen to, so who you listen to becomes who you follow. Who you follow becomes who who you identify with. And who you identify with becomes who you are. Who you identify with becomes who you are. And some of us that deal with identity issues that that are struggling with some of those things, I'm here to tell you it started with who you were listening to and who you were following. Who you're listening to, who you're following. I'm not just talking about gender and sexuality. I'm talking about some of you who don't know who you are. I'm talking about like some of you who like, you're just, you're, you're a brain, your thoughts, you're a heart pumping, and you're just being. You don't know who you are. And so because you don't know who God has called you to be, you are asking Basically, by listening to other voices, you're basically asking people to tell you who they think you are. And so you take on the identity of what's around you. That's why it's important for us to know who God has called us to be, to pursue that kind of thoughts, that kind of relationship with Jesus. And so living a blessed life starts by rejecting bad ideas, bad actions, and bad company. The next part of this verse says this, but, say but, (laughs) thank you, thanks for laughing at that, says but, so okay, whenever we see this, that means there's a shift about to happen, right, right, like, like I remember, this has nothing to do with the sermon, but I remember like trying to holler at a girl in high school, and she'd be like, you know, you're awesome, and you're cute, and you're nice, yeah, y'all with me? Some of y'all just did that this past year at school, right? Poor guy, right? Like, you're cool and all, but you don't stack chairs fast enough at youth group, right? Like, like, like there's, there's a but here. And that but is telling us that there's a shift about to happen. So when you read the Bible and you see a but, stop, giggle, and then say something is shifting. Something is shifting. We're going from one thing to another. This is how we read the Bible. So it says this, but his delight is in the what? Of the And on his he meditates what? Day and Okay. All right. This kind of seems a little bit more positive. We may not know what what's really happening right now, but this there's a shift. Okay, so let's break it down. Say, break it down. So this is telling us that the blessed delight in God's word. So how do we live a blessed life? Well, we reject. And now, once we've turned away and rejected those things, the voices, the actions, the bad company, now we're kind of giving a blueprint 
of what the blessed man starts to do. That is helpful. So the blessed delight in God's word. Psalm 1 doesn't give us a checklist of wicked people, actions, or ideas to stay away from. It's not like, hey, by the way, here's someone, uh, stay away from math teachers, stay away from, you know, the DMV because they're just miserable, stay away from the police, uh, stay, whatever, right? Like, there's not a list of who you should stay away from, which is, would have been helpful. However, it does say that the easiest way to know what to avoid is to focus on the source of blessing, to focus on the source of this blessedness. The blessed man or woman delights in the law of the Lord, and meditates on it day in. So I see two observations here. I see two observations by the writer. How could someone get to the place of loving God's word so much that they think about it day and night? How could someone get there? Check this out. A blessed person must be two things. Number one, guided by God's word. Number one, guided by God's word. The law of the Lord is not just a reference to the commandments of God or the laws given to Moses and Sinai. The literal meaning is instruction or guidance of God. That's the law. That's the law. So you're not going to see it on the screen. But a blessed person must be guided by God's word, his law. So part of that is his instruction. It is this. This, there is law in here. And just like many of you break the law every day by speeding, right? Illegal turns, not wearing your seatbelt. Yep, yep. You know, that's why they got the, the cameras on Narragansett that flash me every day. I'm about to spray paint those things. No, you didn't hear that. You didn't hear that. There's law. But not just the written law that was given to Moses on Mount Sinai that we see in season one of the Bible called the Old Testament, where it's actual written law on tablets of stone, and these are the guidelines that the people of Israel had to live by until Jesus came, because Jesus didn't come to uh, abolish the law, like get rid of it. Jesus came to this earth to fulfill it on our behalf. And that law was extremely difficult to keep. There were laws upon laws upon laws and ways, things you couldn't eat, things you couldn't wear. Just read the book of Leviticus and you will see the Levitical law was crazy and somewhat impossible. And that is God saying to the people, listen, there is really nothing you can do except for me to step in and give you my son. So he gives us that law, and because Jesus came to fulfill that and all, now we have the New Testament, season two of the Bible, and we see Jesus giving us new commandments to love one another as you love yourself and to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind. Like, okay, that, that's a, that seems a, little bit, seems a little bit easier for me to follow. So a blessed person, if you want to, student, listen, if you want to be blessed, if you want to live a, a life blessed by God, full of joy, then it starts by being guided by God's word. Being guided by God's word. The blessed man or woman knows he doesn't have all the answers or she doesn't have all the answers, but he does know or she does know God is the source of life and joy and he's eager to be led by God. We don't have to have all the answers. And can I just, like, can I just take some weight off your shoulders real quick? You don't have to know all the answers. I think a lot of us won't share our faith with our friends because we're afraid that they're going to ask us a question that we don't know the answer to. It happens to me. Emily, the guy that called me today at my office, he's, he's my squad leader, great dad, on a journey. But he'll sit there when we have nothing else to do. And he will ask me the craziest questions. And some of the questions that aren't crazy that I'm like, you're just being weird, that are legitimate questions, there's some that I don't know the answer to. I just don't. Like, you went to Bible college? You don't. I don't. I don't. 
And there are theologians that have dedicated their life, decades of their life, to discovering the Bible. And some of them still don't know the questions. Know the answer that I mean. And so do you want to know what I tell that person? I don't know. But you and I can find out together. When I find out, I'll let you know. We can go on this journey. I just don't know. I just don't know. Do you know what that tells that person? Oh, man, like, I guess you don't have to be perfect. I get, dang, you don't know? Like, you're okay with not knowing? Yeah, I just, I don't know. Well, what, what do you mean? Like, how are you going to know? Well, I have a relationship with him, so I'm going to ask. And I, I have his word. And I believe that this is his voice to me. And I believe the Bible addresses every single problem we could ever face. Anything that you could ever go through is here. Is here. People have gone, what, gone through what you're going through. And their answers in the pages of this book. Stop going to the internet for answers that only God can answer. That's only true. A blessed person is guided by God's word, and a blessed person is consumed by God's word. Consumed by God's word. Most people associate commands and obedience with slavery, right? Like, obey me! I command thee! Dottie! Clean this mess up right now. And she's just like, right? You are now my personal slave. Throw out the trash. Just wait till she's older. But a blessed man waits for God's command. A blessed person waits for God's command and is happy to do it. Some of y'all got an attitude problem and you don't like being told what to do. You won't live a blessed life until you are able to allow God to not just be the Savior, but the Lord of your life. What does Lord mean? It means he's in charge. It means he's in charge. When you say Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life, you are saying he is the all-authoritative figure in my life who can tell me, he can tell me what to do. And I will happily do it. And he also saved me. That's Lord, that's Savior. A blessed man waits for God's command and is happy to do it. A blessed person seeks out God's commands and delights in obeying him. A lot of you struggle with obeying God because you think he is keeping you away from something fun or something, something good. You're seeing other people live a life that you wish you could live. He's not keeping you from something good. He's keeping you from something evil. He's keeping you from something evil. I used to tell some of my students back when I was at James River College, shout out to James River College, that the rules were in place. I know they couldn't keep the rules. I knew that they were going to not to do things they weren't supposed to do. But I used the rules to see what they would do when they broke them. Not if they broke them, because I knew they were going. One of the rules in college is we weren't allowed to watch rated R movies. I'm, a, I'm 20 something years old. I'm a 21 year old man. I'm going to watch a war movie. I'm going to watch Hacksaw Ridge. That's what I'm going to watch, right? Please, Lord, help me say one more, right? Like, I'm going to watch whatever I want to watch. You can't tell me what to do. And I realized, like, those things were in place to keep me from things, to keep me focused on certain things, and to test my integrity. And so, like, I know you guys are going to sin. You know I'm going to sin. It's what we do when we do it that matters. We're going to go to him. But, But when we're consumed by God's word... I just don't have time and space in my mind for anything else. When God's word resides in my heart and takes up the space in my mind, there's just not room for anything else. There just isn't. And so when you read God's word and you really try to memorize it and when you really try to apply it in your life, you'll start to notice those voices of of the enemy get louder and louder because it's trying to find its way in. What happens when somebody doesn't knock on the, when someone knocks on the door and the person doesn't answer right away? They knock again. And if they have to keep knocking, what happens? How do they knock? Even louder. Even louder, right? They'll do one of these. <laughs> They'll kick the door. Like I remember one time my mom, you know, she went out uh, grocery shopping in the morning on a Saturday. And I was up and I fell back asleep. 
And I remember she was banging on the apartment window. We lived on the first floor. Literally banging on the window to wake me up. And I'm like, I thought, I thought the rapture was happening. I was like, take me, Lord. I don't know what this is, but this is time. And so if you are consumed by God's word, then you're going to be able to meditate and think about it because you know it. And you'll start to know the voices that are not of God because they're going to start screaming louder and they're going to start knocking harder. And then you're going to be able to say, oh, that's a voice I shouldn't be listening to. That's a voice I shouldn't be paying attention to. I need to reject that. See, this is a process, guys, living a blessed life. And it starts with the art of rejecting bad habits and sin. And as we do so, we learn the obedience and to obey God. And that obedience to God brings life. Emily, do you want to make your way up? The only way we will learn what God commands and be motivated to live it out is by filling ourselves with God's word. It's by filling ourselves with God's word. It's with this. This is why the psalm says that the blessed man meditates on it day and night. It is what consumes him. It's what he talks about. It's what's on his mind. It's what he's always chewing on and thinking about. What did God mean when he said that in scripture? Some of you tonight can't follow God because you don't know him. You don't know him. And that's not like a shame on you. But that's a reality check. Because you come here. You come to church. You've been coming here for quite some time. And you're still struggling to follow God. Because the reality is, you come here on Thursdays and you leave still not knowing him. If you think you are going to know God more by showing up here on Thursday nights, I'm sorry to tell you that you're wrong. I wish that was the case. I wish it was that easy. But it's not. You want to know God more. You want to be able to follow him and live a blessed life. Then you have to start doing this. You have to start reading this Friday morning, Friday night, Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning, Sunday at church, Sunday night before you go to bed, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. A blessed life just doesn't start and happen on Thursday. A blessed life starts here. I want you as your pastor, someone who loves you, someone who cares about you, I want you to live a blessed life. Shoot, I want to live a blessed life. And so the reason why I picked the Psalms, students, is again, it's easy to find. It's in the middle of the Bible. It's a bit easier to understand there's 150 of them. One of those is going to speak to you. There were times in my life when I just needed some kind of encouragement, and I would go to my girlfriend. I would go to my brothers. I would go to my parents. I would go to pastors, and just nothing they said just did anything. But I remember reading a psalm. I remember reading Psalm 23 for the first time. I remember reading Psalm 63 for the first time. I remember highlighting and saying, that's God, the way David said that, that's how I'm feeling. You mean to tell me a guy 2,000 plus years ago, like, he felt the same way I did, and he was able to actually put it into words? God, thank you. This is how I'm feeling. And then you see David always somewhat end on a note. This is God, I'm angry, I'm sad, I feel abandoned, but I know you're with me. I know you'll never fail me. And I see that, and it ministers to me. And it lets me know that if God did that for them, and if he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever, meaning he'll never change, then he could do it for me. Great. Pastor Izzy, I don't know how to start reading the Bible. I'm giving you a series to teach you how to read it. And one of my most favorite books of the Bible, the Psalms. And so... Don't just take Psalm chapter 1 for Thursday night. Take it tomorrow. Just read these two verses. Go over you. That's why it's important to take notes. That's why being a disciple, 
like uh, what entails being a disciple is taking notes so that you can remember. Listen, y'all got bad memories. Y'all can't remember to turn in your homework after you did it. Some of y'all be doing your homework and you just forget to turn it in. My mom used to uppercut me every time I came home with a bad grade because she's like, I see you do the homework. Where is it? I'm like, I don't know. The dog. She's like, we don't have a dog. We don't have a dog. We got a cat that hasn't been around for like 10 years. So you guys have bad memories. I have bad memories. It only gets worse when you get older. That's why it's important to just not just be a hearer of God's word, but a doer. Write it down. Maybe I said something tonight that really hits you. Write it down. And then tomorrow when you wake up, start your day with that thought. Be consumed by God's word. That why anything else that's not him, you'll be able to spot. Here's a question that I want to ask you. And this is the last slide. Do you know God's word enough to talk and think about it? If your answer is yes, great. You're doing good. Keep going. But if your answer is no, then start with these small steps. I'm not asking you to sprint. I'm not asking you to run a marathon. I'm asking you to just take a step. Take these steps. A blessed person rejects. Bad thoughts. Bad actions. Bad company. And they delight in God's word. They're guided by his word. They're consumed by his word. Start with Psalm 1. If you don't know where to start, start here. Start with living a blessed life. Because when you know God's word and are able to recall it, meaning remember it, and then articulate what that verse means, then you've taken the right steps towards discipleship. What do I mean by that? Memorize God's word. Memorize it. There have been times where I've memorized verses and I just, just, to, just to challenge myself. And years later, when I'm in a not good place mentally, that verse comes to mind. Oh man, God, I remember, I remember when I read that, that, that had just encouraged me right now. Memorize God's word and then don't just memorize it, apply it. So how can you tell if you are on the right track? Are you able to articulate what that verse is saying? Are you able to understand what that, and again, this is a process. Luckily for you, we as the leadership team, we as a church, we as a family, we're here to help you and each other. More importantly, God wants to help you and will help you live a blessed life because God wants that for you. He's not withholding blessing. He's ready to pour it out on you. He is on the edge of his seat wanting to bless you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this youth ministry. I understand, God, that there are many voices and people we follow and things in our life that they're designed to lead us down a path of destruction. They're designed to lead us down a path of separation from you. But tonight, God, through Psalm 1, we see that we're able to reject those things. We're able to reject them and say no to them and not just reject, because that leaves us empty. If we're not going to be filled with that, then what are we filled with? But you've given us access to your very word, your heart. And that's the Bible. God, help us be guided by it. Help us learn some of the tricks of the enemy so that we can see them miles away, God. Help us fill our hearts and our minds with so much of your word and so much of your presence that there's just no room for anything else. Occupy every room in our heart. I pray that nothing would be off limits to you, God. We open up our hearts and our lives to you. We want to live a blessed life. We want to live a blessed life, and that comes from rejecting the world and accepting you. Father, I pray if there's anybody here that has not accepted you truthfully yet, I pray that they wouldn't wait. I pray that tonight as they go home, they would take a moment to say, God, help me know you more. I want to follow you.
Help me live a blessed life. Lord, as we continue to dive into this word, I pray that it wouldn't just fall on deaf ears. I know it won't. I know even for some of the students that are here tonight that have had a long day and they're a little tired, your word won't return void. I know that they're listening. I know that their souls are listening. Their hearts are listening. And so, God, don't just let this word be for tonight. But your word is for every night. Your word is for every morning, every second, every minute, every hour of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year. Your word is for every moment of our lives. And so thank you for your word. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you that I don't have to make up things to understand you. Thank you, God, that I can go straight to this source, straight to you through this word, through your scripture. Help us fall in love with it, God. Be consumed by it. Meditate on it day and night. In Jesus' name. And everyone says, come on, everyone says, amen. amen. Come on, would you give the Lord a hand clap? I'm so excited for this series, guys. Continue to bring your Bibles here. Bring your notepad. And then, and then take notes. It's going to be a great summer. Next week, We've got something called Burgers and Bibles. It's going to be, we're going to be outside. We're going to be inside. We're going to have some guests. We've got another church coming to hang out with us. It is going to be a party. I'm so excited for it. Hey, I love you. I believe in you. Ariel and I have been going on walks. We call them our prayer walks. And we take time every day as we walk to pray for you. And as I pray for you, your faces come to mind. Myron, your, your face came to my mind today. I prayed for you today. We pray for you guys. We love you guys. I know our leaders are praying for you guys. And so I love you. I'm proud of you. And I will see you next week for Burgers and Bibles. God bless.